Welcome to Drive Time, our UCLA Anderson FEMBA podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Stafford. We want you to share the success of the great women and men of FEMBA to see the impact of their MBA education. Today's interview is with Matt Rose, class of 2016. Matt jumped into FEMBA with both feet and a commitment to drive results. As an entrepreneur, Matt transformed a personal setback, the loss of a beloved pet, into the chance to solve problems that many pet owners share. The result is PetSnap, the company he co-founded and launched with fellow FEMBA classmates Rex Hatch, Isadora Dantas, Frank Judy, and Rich Headley. They got lots of support at UCLA to launch PetSnap. From the Wolfen Award to UCLA Startup in a Box, the Price Center, and specifically Professors Scheinrock, Sussman, Fracious, and Cochram. Personally, Matt and his wife Kate also became first-time parents about a month after we completed this podcast. Like I said, Matt jumped in with both feet during his FEMBA journey. We hope you enjoy meeting Matt Rose, UCLA Anderson, FEMBA class of 2016. Would you like to say anything to our listeners by way of introducing yourself? Or are we... Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, third year FEMBA, about to graduate, have a baby in two and a half weeks. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> he might be a little red eyed at this point. Might oh, be a little and start a company. And start a company. Maybe just a little bit. Living the FEMBA lifestyle. Yeah. Tell tell us tell a bit of your pre story. You know, where were you sure. before FEMBA? Kind of where'd you studied? What had you been doing? You know, why'd you want to get an MBA? Why UCLA? Sure. I, I had always wanted to get an MBA. Um, I actually had a master's degree in environmental management, environmental sciences from Duke. Um, and I was working for the National Park Service. Actually, as a biologist, I worked partially in their facilities management, helping to improve operations of parks all over the West, in Hawaii and Alaska. It was a pretty amazing job. Um, and then I also was, was working with the climate change team, looking at how, how essentially climate change would impact parks in the future and what we should wow. be doing about it, um, both from a natural resources perspective and a facilities perspective. Um, and then our budget was cut, and I ended up coming here to Los Angeles to work at that other school across town for a little while. And uh, and I just saw it as a good opportunity um, to do what I always wanted to do and do the MBA. Um, and really, this was the only school I wanted to go to. So applied, got in, um, and really, it's been the only reason we've stayed here in L.A. We were thinking of moving back to Colorado, mm-hmm. um, but the program was great. Um, I had thought a little bit about switching into flex, but the idea of traveling and all that. Time, oh, go to Colorado and do flex yeah, back. Yeah. Thought, I just thought that would be a lot, but there was also a lot that I was getting just from being on campus. So, um, so we decided to stay. Mm-hmm. So we're still here. Um, you know, and as part of Anderson, we had a lot of trouble with, uh, when our dog Barlow was diagnosed with cancer and yeah. you know, dealing with his records and all these different vets who didn't talk to one another. And we, we wanted to fix that problem and make it easy for people to understand all their pets' data and put it all together and, and have peace of mind that they knew where it was in case of emergency. So that's so I recruited a couple of classmates and we started PetSnap, which we had had amazing support from the school. I actually got the Wolfen Award, so uh, it was $15,000 from the school, essentially supported me over the summer to launch the business. And then UCLA Startup in a Box gave us... They put us in touch with a law firm that covered all of our incorporation, so we didn't pay anything for that. And then through Professor Scheinrock's class, we were able to get about $20,000 in credit on Amazon Web Services. 
So we essentially built a company without spending much money at all, and uh, and we're moving forward with it. So so now we're out looking for some some financing, and we'll see where that goes. We actually may may or may not do that. We may actually just bootstrap it for a while still too. So. Well, let's, uh, you know, I don't want to, I know the story and I love it, but let, let's, so let's do all four pieces. Cause I think, you know, for, especially for new Fembas walking in the door, you know, learning these words, what's the Wolfen award, sure. startup in a box, uh, who's professor Shinerock. But even before that, you know, tell me about Barlow. Cause there's a little more to it, you know, yeah. like, I mean, just cause I, I, like you never know where life's going to take you. What I thought was so compelling when, you know, I got to know your story last year was like, I mean, people have crappy things happen. That happens to all of us at some point. But like, oh my God, you did something about it. So, yeah. like, kind of walk people back through the genesis of of that, sure. if you would. So uh, Barlow, probably like a lot of people, Barlow to us start was you know he was a member of our family and and he was diagnosed with cancer not long after we got here in L.A. and we had we had started working with some veterinarians and he had. Uh, they treated, they essentially did, did surgery on him, and he was good for probably about a year and a half before things came back. But we were always really concerned, like, what if, you know, what if what if we're at Mammoth skiing and something's just not right? Should we be bringing all of his files with us? Yeah. I don't really want to carry something that's as thick as a phone book. And so we started just snapping photos of the documents and then realized that we could extract the information out of it and make it more shareable that that would actually have value. So we started talking to a lot of people around it about it. And, uh, and that's kind of the genesis of the idea. Um, and, and really it's around creating peace of mind. So, you know, unfortunately we did lose Barlow, um, almost a year and a half ago now, almost two years ago now, actually. Um, but, but I think we're actually getting to the point now where we can, we're going to solve that problem. Um, that's amazing. So it's, and, and the problem is, is like how to, how to track, you know, medical records for our pets yeah. that possibly are from different service providers. I mean, how do you articulate the problem sure. that you're solving? So it's imagine human medical records. It's yeah. a total mess. <laughs> Multiply that by a hundred. And that's how it is with the, with, you know, in, in the veterinary industry. So it's a lot of stuff is handwritten. It's not shared easily. Um, paper-based predominantly uh still wow oh yeah yeah it's it's um and you want to know it right as an owner you want to understand this stuff when something goes wrong because because as a member of your family it's almost like a kid sometimes it's you know you want and you you really you would give anything to help Mm -hmm. i mean when he was sick we would do anything to help him out and we did try um and uh and that that piece of it was just so frustrating not to be able to really to, to understand everything that was going on around us that that was a big problem and and, uh, and I knew we could fix that so um, so that's that's what we tackled you know we couldn't fix anything else but we knew we could fix that and having done a lot of primary research talking to a lot of people about it figured out that it was a really common issue mm-hmm. and a really common desire especially among certain demographics so so we started building it and, uh, and we're still building it <laughs> and we'll see where we go. So, wow. And I mean, like the emotions have got to be just exhausting, <laughs> but then in parallel, I guess your analytical MBA brain is going, wait a minute, this is a problem yeah. that has a solution, right? Like how, how did, how did the idea manifest? 
it's it was it was definitely an evolution. Um, we actually started out by building a, a like a Fitbit that would go with this record tracking system, and then we figured out pretty quickly that the economics behind the Fitbit part of it were not good, mm-hmm. um, and we abandoned that. And then there was a lot of now. Who's we at this point? Oh, sure, it's me and the rest of the team. So yeah. five other Fembas and one other engineer um, who was a friend of one of my co-founders and and then actually we've brought in a few other people so we've recruited people from the industry via professors here at anderson uh, so we have an advisory board actually one of our advisors was the former head of mobile at PetSmart, so he's been really helping steer us um, especially to make this something that would be picked up by a bigger organization and then can be deployed across yeah. a larger group of people because that that's the real hard part of it is getting to a large number of people to support the platform. So so we really need to figure out how to make it very sticky at first, and then it can be scaled up very quickly. So that's kind of where we are right now. But it, it's been interesting because you can, you know, you do a lot of your, you take a lot of what you've learned in classes, and then you apply it. Um, there are also certain times when you just have to stop aiming and you have to fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't, you can't research this anymore. You just have to see what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, picking a price point and just firing it out in an email and seeing if anyone responds. Um, you could try and analyze that forever, but we've also done a lot of, uh, a lot of analytics around things. So we've tracked everything. We, we do an experiment and we see how it manifests with, with what people do. So we can see how people are actually moving through our funnel uh, and a lot of that we learned here. So, and how about like, so who are these classmates? I mean, did they find you? Did you find them? Did they were sure. they aware of your sort of just human challenge or, like, when does it go from someone you know a shoulder to cry on or you know feel your human emotion to all of a sudden they're like in this with you? Yeah. So they were all actually in my section. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. So everybody was in my and what, what's your section? Shout out. Were we section. Three, 2016. <laughs> I right. think I got that right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, you, you didn't tattoo it across your chest, no. obviously. All right. No, I, and I often will open up multiple of those gray drawers upstairs looking for, you know, my folder in there. Where the hell was this thing? <laughs> um, so it was, it, so Rex, Rex Hatch is a, an Imagineer at Disney uh, and an engineer, and he, he and I were in the same class, and I started talking to him about it. Just kind of spitballing a little bit, and and he said, "Well, let me go see if I can build something." And he started working on something, uh, and then we we had been working on it for about maybe ten months or so together, really, the wow. two of us. Okay, and then we we went into um, as soon as the core section of Fembo was over, we actually started um, taking elective classes, and we took entrepreneurship and venture initiation with Professor Shinerock, and that's where. A couple other team members were in that class with us, and we have to form teams in that class and work on an idea. So I got up and I pitched the idea, and, and Rex was in the class, so he was already on the team. And Isadora Dantas was a she's a designer, and she really wanted to, to help us out. And man, has she been incredibly helpful in terms of the the whole feel of everything that we have out there was is designed by her. We just gave her carte blanche. So you go, you design, Rex builds. Um, Frank Judy has been helping us a lot with communications, a lot with you know putting together these business plans and keeping us 
on track to be able to submit for these competitions because they, they just pop up out of nowhere and you have to either lengthen your plan by five pages or shorten it by five pages and that, you know, in a week or something, because usually we don't find out about it until too late. But, um, but she's also just been, been helpful with marketing. And then Rich Headley has been part of operations, um, helping us just figure out the pathway forward. Um, and building the financial model. Uh, he and I have been working on that quite a bit and just envisioning what this is going to look like once we have some resources behind it and how, you know, where are we going to spend our money? What are the next couple of steps for us? So it's been a team effort all the way. Um, and I think, a, I think we're pretty lucky to have known, I think I'm pretty lucky to have known the whole team since the very beginning of FEMBA mm-hmm. since, you know, I mean, Rex and I were in the same, group that first week where you do the oh, leadership foundations leadership foundations group. Yeah. So, so we've known each other for a very long time and you get to know how people react in stress, you, you know, how, when they're tired. So, um, so we, we put together a good team of people Then we knew, we all knew we could work together. We all knew, uh, that we liked working together. And since EVI, the team has remained relatively constant. Uh, so it's been a year, it's been a year. Yeah. And people are, they're still doing, they've got their other, it's not a full-time thing. Everybody's doing this. You know, this is, you know, we're carving out extra time, extra energy, Yeah. but we're consistently having PetSnap grow and grow forward. Yeah. And everybody, I mean, the way that we've started out was everybody would be an equity holder. Okay. And it's not just some people helping out. Everybody's an owner. Um, and how did you know to how did you know to structure it that way? I mean, Jeff, Professor Shanrock kind of forces you to do that mm-hmm. up front, mm-hmm. but I think you learn, especially in organizational behavior, people need to be invested. Seems you like you need people to be to be invested in what you're trying to do uh, to help you go forward, and your goal should be to grow the whole pie, not to just grow your little piece of it. Yeah, so. You really can't be greedy. Um, so if you approach it with that frame of mind, it's a lot easier than if it's a, it's constantly a, a zero sum game. Mm-hmm. So oh, I love it. Well, okay. So, and then, okay. So, and you mentioned the Wolfen award. So, so people who are sure. learning the jargon of UCLA. So what yeah. is, what is Wolfen? How'd you know about it? Sure. What the was Wolfen that like? award is an award that is offered through the price center and it's between your second and third year, I believe, uh, for FEMBAs, they, they, the Wolfen family sponsors the award, and I believe they give it out to about five people. And you have to submit a written proposal for what you would do over the summer. And then if you are selected to interview, you go in front of the family and a few other advisors. The actual family. Yeah, the actual family. What's and, that like? Uh, a little nerve-wracking. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. But, you know, they they actually are all pet owners and, uh, oh, wow. and had had... And they have, in the past, had similar issues to what I had, so they were very empathetic. Oh, my God. Um, and I think what they were most looking for is passion, you mm-hmm. know, because you're going to them like this half-baked idea. Like I've, and at that point in time, we still had that little Fitbit thing. You know, like, well, you know, this is what I'm looking for. And, and I had a rough outline, essentially, of, of the business in my head. We had a, an elevator pitch. We had some kind of large market statistics and... And we could show some um, 
execution. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so was yeah, it just you and Rex at that point, it was, or it was it was the whole team in EVI at that point? Oh, okay, so okay, I okay. It was so it was after the ten months. It was a little bit yeah. subsequent to that. I think it might have been March. March last year, I went and pitched. Uh, I can't remember for sure, but so you go and you pitch, and uh, I found out later that day that I had actually received the award. So um, if you get the award, I was in school full time at that point in time too. So I had left my job um, at the other school across town and was taking four classes, um, and I was thinking of of accelerating and either doing um, what's the name of the I can't remember the OCR. Oh, on-campus recruiting. Yeah, on-campus yeah. recruiting yeah, yeah. over the summer. But I also was interested in the Wolfen Award, and I got the Wolfen Award, so I just decided I was not going to do OCR. I was going to do PetSnap over the summer and try and launch this business. And uh, and that was an incredible learning experience. Um, you know, you're your own boss over the summer. Um, and so, I yeah, that was, that was my full-time job. And we kind of got everything together with incorporating the company and got the website up and got the the app launch and the app store. Uh, and the, the whole time, every, the whole team is still working on this, but I was doing, probably Rex and I were doing a lot of the work. Rex was doing a lot of the building and I was kind of doing everything else. Incorporation was not easy. Mm. You know, just a lot of paperwork, a lot of working back and forth with attorneys. And what are, are you an LLC or what, what, what did C-Corp. you settle? C-Corp. C-Corp. We okay. decided to do C-Corp. Um, cause the initial idea we were going to take, investment so you'd want to be a C Corp in order to do that. But if we don't end up doing we don't end up taking outside investment for a while, we may actually turn it into an LLC. I have mm-hmm. to look into what that would entail. Um but yeah, it wasn't just learning about it in class. It was <clears throat> doing it and in a lot of cases it was different than than what I had thought it would be, have been. So so that was a lot of work. But we got everything together, we got everything launched, you know, business plan written. Um and we were Instead of doing GAP, we did BCO. So uh, that kind of BCO is business BCO. business creation option. Yeah, so yeah. it's an alternative to GAP if you want to create your own business. Uh, you have to apply to the program, and we applied and got in. So that kind of rolled right into BCO, and we launched and started acquiring users and experimenting and uh, changing things rapidly and trying to adjust and interviewing. I think we probably did over two hundred hours of interviews. Primary interviews, talking to everybody. Yeah. Now, when I got here to Anderson, I didn't know the distinction primary interview versus secondary interview. Oh, yeah. Explain that to people because that's that's a that's a term you'll know a lot around sure. here at so Anderson. So primary research is really just picking up the phone and talking to people. Um, you know, you can go over to the library and they're wonderful and they will give you a head start on, on the secondary research where you're reading through marketresearch.com and um, all these other databases that are thousands and thousands of dollars in, in order to be able to actually access them. So we can just walk in there and, oh, yeah, this is how you use you know, CB Insights, and you can go in and start doing all this research on these companies. Um, but, yeah, primary research is just reaching out to people, using your network, using UCLA's network, trying to talk to whomever you can, and you will talk to everyone from CEOs to companies to end users in the dog park. So just last week I was talking to the CEO of, a very large publicly traded vet insurance company. You know, it's amazing what you can get if you tell people that you're a student and you're 
you're doing this for a project and you, you can kind of work your network a little bit, you can get a lot of good information from people who wouldn't necessarily talk to you otherwise. I hear FEMBA after FEMBA tell me that exact thing. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that for a decade, that it's amazing the door that opens when you say, I'm a, I'm a student with a question. Yeah. And there's nothing disingenuous. You are a student. Yeah, use that as long as you can. Yeah. I use it all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can also take. You can also get cheap movie tickets. That's right. Yeah. Like student discount for everything. Because <laughs> you are a student. Yeah, they look at me sideways. Uh, you don't look like you're 22. <laughs> well, true. let's see. Um, anything about Startup in a Box people should know? Uh, it's a great program. Um, you know, the thing, they don't do a good job at advertising it. I don't remember how I found out about it, but a lot of other feminists didn't know about it. And they really made things a lot easier. They just have a... a essentially a group of law firms that you can go and work with. They have banks that they will put you in touch with. We actually have to go open a bank account soon um, to bring in some of that, to put the money that some of that money that we got from Oregon and Baylor from the business plan competitions. We didn't win, but we came in, you know, you make it to the finals and you get some money. So, uh, so they help with all that. They make that easy instead of you having to go. Out. And where, who, who governs startup in a box? I think it's office of it's OIT. Mm-hmm. Whatever that acronym is. OIT, Office of Intellectual Technology or Intellectual Information. Yeah, so we could probably we're we're fumbling that. around here, yeah. Yeah, but I because like I get a lot of questions about, well, what about the rest of UCLA? And I always tell people, you know, like UCLA, the, the trick is like our strength is our weakness, our weakness is our strength. There's so much going on here. Yeah. And you know, that's a good thing. You know, we're one of the premier research universities in the land. There's 120 plus ways to get a graduate degree here at UCLA. Mm -hmm. There's all the technology of South Campus. There's the medical school. There's the law school. And then there's Anderson. And how do these worlds come together? And like, where do you start? So, yeah. and you don't even exactly remember how you heard about Startup in a Box, which is a, it's outside of Anderson. It's a UCLA resource yeah. coming together to help people get things launched. There's an accelerator here on campus that I went to one or two sessions at. It's, mm -hmm. it's, I, we don't really know much about that, um, but we have our own accelerator over here, so there yeah, we are got a lot of resources around. The accelerator here is great. <clears throat> and it's brand new. We just Amazing launched space. it. Yeah. yeah. So it's a real privilege to be able to go down in there. Um, yeah, there, there's just... Really what it comes down to is being aggressive and networking. So you, you have to figure out... Do some homework. Look, you know, just go to some of these events on campus and start talking to people, and then, and then you will quickly understand the network that is across the campus. But if you're looking for a resource online, it doesn't really exist, yeah. which is good training in itself because a lot of entrepreneurship is just networking. It's like getting out of your comfort zone and talking to whomever, mm -hmm. and you know, knocking on doors and figuring out how to boil down what you're trying to say into a real short elevator pitch that people can understand, you know, how to get your point across really quickly so that you're not wasting people's time and having a direct ask mm -hmm. for help. So what is, what, like is, from where you are now, like how do you define a direct ask? And did you know that before you started school? Did you develop that while you were here? Developed what? it here really. And actually it's not something I learned in class. You just, Salesmanship is not something that they necessarily teach you here, but it's something you should definitely try and learn. And I think the probably this probably the same true is true in Gap, but in BCO you just have to figure these things out, mm -hmm. and you have to talk to people, and you have to you have to figure out how to get what you want from somebody else. So you have to figure out what they want, 
mm. in order to be able to get what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was something that's really experiential learning. Yeah. Not necessarily something you're going to get in a classroom. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's been trial by fire. A lot of that. Well, that, and to me, that's the, what I, you know, you, you gotta have a professional, a professional certification to practice medicine, law and engineering, right? Yeah. You can't just go do heart surgery because you feel like yeah. you'd be good at it, <laughs> but you don't have to have an MBA. No. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Oprah doesn't have it. Gates didn't, you know, jobs doesn't have one, didn't have one, you know? So, you know, like what's that balance? And yet what we teach here is useful, you oh, know, yeah. like there's a framework that if you're operating within the framework, your chances of success go up, but that X factor kind of confidence kind of thing, you know, you can't teach that stuff, no. you, you know? And yeah, that's, that's combine the two together and you're in a really good spot. You know, and there are some professors here that really are good at it. You know, I mean, Professor Sussman, for example, I mean, he's wow. I mean, when you go into class, it's like a, it's like a show. It's like comedy hour and you're learning about real estate investment or, or financial reporting. But, um, but that it's important to be able to really turn on the analytical side Mm -hmm. and be able to drill down into whatever it is that you're looking at so that you make sure that you're making the right choices mm-hmm. um, and that you can figure out how to get a return or whatever it is that you want to get for, for this other party. Mm-hmm. You know, so like what well, we have to go out and we have to try and raise money. It's, it's not a charity. Mm-hmm. We have to figure out how this is going to get those people 10 X or more on what they invest in us. Mm-hmm. So you have to know how to be able to do that. It's not, it's not just, Hey, this is a cool idea come join me or, you know, give me money so I can make it work. It's, it's all about how can I, how can I pitch this in a way that this person understands that they are going to make a lot of money off of this. So, you know, learning how to boil everything down into here's who I am. Here's what we do. Here's how we make money. Here's my ask of you. Mm-hmm. I love that phrase. My direct ask, nothing, yeah. nothing sideways about it. Like, boom, don't yeah. waste time. You yeah. know, I mean, you start learning when you talk to people, especially really busy people. Um, if you get an in with them, it's great, mm-hmm. but you need to be really sharp and you need to just have that ask. Here's what I need from you and, and make it really concise and see what they say. But people will say yes or no, but the thing they get mad at is if you waste their time. Yeah. So, yeah. Well now, and what about, so you, you did, you did multiple case competitions a little bit about, I mean, so not every FEMBA goes to Oregon or goes to Baylor, sure. Baylor being in Texas, for those of you who've never heard of that <laughs> small country between the United States and Mexico where I grew up. <laughs> An interesting place. Yeah. Mm. My grandparents are buried in Waco, Texas. Really? Yeah. I'm on my dad's side. So yeah, my dad has a ranch about 40 miles from, from oh, wow. Waco. Yeah. Cool town. The school is beautiful. Yeah, Baylor's yeah Baylor's a, over there. Yeah, Baylor's a well-funded, Man. well-heeled institution. That business school. I'm looking around, I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. <laughs> yes, this is, it was brand new, pretty much. Um, so there are different types of business plan competitions. There's yeah. the ones where you, you know, you, it's a company that will sponsor it, or it's a, just a normal like real estate case competition, and all these teams from across the country will, will work on the same case. And then you'll send in your solution, and, and if you make it, then you go and you, you do your presentation, and then there's a winner. With the business plan, with the entrepreneurship competitions, it's purely, here's my idea, here's my business plan, and then you submit that, 
And if you make it, then same thing, you're invited to come and pitch and usually have a couple days there. There'll be maybe two, maybe three pitches. Um, sometimes they have an elevator pitch, which is extremely interesting. You're basically put on stage. You're given a, there's a big clock going behind you and you have 60 seconds to pitch your, your company. It's incredibly nerve wracking. Oh my God. Um, I actually, I actually did improv last year in order to, to get better at just reading the crowd and being able to wow. just kind of get up there. And, and if I needed to riff on something, riff on something. Because I've seen it where somebody will get up and they'll do something really funny and you need to be able to react to that. You can't just go up there and do your cold, practiced, blah, 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 you know, yeah. fire through this pitch. You have to have some warmth and personality. So, um, so yeah, those competitions are a great way to just, you really get good at public speaking. You're forced to because you have to, you have to capture people's attention. It is the the validity of the idea, but it's also how well can you communicate it? Can you make it simple? Can you make a deck that's really compelling? That that again tells people who you are, what you're doing, how you make money, and how it's going to benefit them. Wow! Now, did your other Pet Snap Femba colleagues did they go with you on the case yeah. competitions? And, yeah. But they're working full time because you you've like now. You've burned the boat, so you're kind of an unemployed Femba for part of the second half of the program, yeah. all in with your entrepreneurial idea. So I'm, I can imagine listeners are going, well, how the heck do you go on a competition if you've got a full-time job? And yeah. like, how did, how did your classmates participate while they maintain their accountabilities? And- Not all of them have come to every one of them. Okay. Um, we all went to Waco, and school helped us pay for it. Okay. Um, and then it's usually like a Friday, Saturday Thing. So it's still a weekend, yeah. Yeah, so you leave Thursday night. Sometimes you have to be there on Thursday, so maybe you have to take Thursday and Friday off of work. Mm-hmm. Um, the past one we were out of Oregon was, was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I think Baylor was about the same. So, but yeah, UCLA paid for us to get that. I mean, we wouldn't have been able to afford it, nor would we want to. We would want to take however many thousand dollars it costs to go to that and put it into the company, not that yeah. Not yeah. that we're going to we're going to place in a, in a business plan competition. It's the hard part about those is that a lot of times it's patented technology and things like that. And we don't have that. Mm -hmm. We're just, we're purely acquiring customers and executing and and making the, the, the customer acquisition as seamless as it can possibly be. And, and trying to resonate with a very specific group of people. Um, but there's nothing defensible about that. So, so it's it's not always a we don't always win. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we lost rocket fuel, I was like, okay, a brand new type of rocket fuel. Yeah, all right. It's a different category. That's, yeah, that's, we got pet medical pet, records. Pet medical records, rocket fuel. Okay, all right. Maybe we should have had two different competitions. Yeah, that would have been a little. That would have been nice. But well, let's let's kind of pivot to your your what's next. So you know, so what are you looking at? Like you know, you got obviously you're about to welcome a new life. You know, you're sure, about yeah, to become baby a parent. Two and a half weeks. Uh, that's it's still kind of in flux right now, but I think we have been going out and looking for for funding, mm-hmm. um, and I think we may may actually do this more remotely. Um, and so my wife and I are talking about moving back to Colorado. She's actually. An attorney. She's a member of the bar in Colorado, and uh, 
it's closer to home for us. So I'm starting to look for jobs out there, but then we're continuing to work on PetSnap on the side, mm-hmm. um, acquiring customers, acquiring or acquiring users, I should say. And, uh, we've, we've slightly, we've made some adjustments to it where now we're actually more of a kind of white glove concierge service, not just allowing people to digitize their records using their phone. That's part of it. But we actually offer now that we'll go, go, get those records and put them in. And, mm. um, so we're, we're figuring out the back end on that. And, uh, we've been working together for so long that we do most of this stuff remotely anyway. With Femba, you'll actually, you'll do a lot of your work on uh, Google Hangout. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to get here for all of us. Um, people are in Santa Monica. I'm in Pasadena. Other people are in Orange County. Um, it's yeah, it's not easy to, to kind of find a central meeting place. So, so we do a lot of the work remotely. So I think we will continue to work on that and just continue to provide the service and acquire users in this in this base. Um, and then I think once we've got more people on it, then it's then it's a much safer bet, a much kind of more interesting investment for outside investors. And we will be in a better place too. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of what we're seeing, we're probably at the accelerator stage. But given all of our, all of us have jobs, you know, I'm gonna have a baby soon. An accelerator is not, you know, where you get like they give you twenty five thousand dollars and a place to work. Like that's not gonna work for me. So we'll do this on our own. We'll continue mm-hmm. to bootstrap it, and we'll get it to a point where it is. Uh, more venture worthy, I would say. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the plan. So I'm now doing a lot of networking using the UCLA alumni network, uh, using professors, just talking to professors who know people back in, in Denver. Um, and, and that's the, that's the way I'm approaching it. So and what do they say? A hundred thousand people are moving into Colorado per year or something crazy. Mm-hmm. It's booming. It's booming. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a good, it's, I like it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of entrepreneurship going on in yeah, Colorado. That too. There's definitely an ecosystem there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's one that I think is a little more. It's just you know you get to a certain point in your life where I'm not going to eat ramen. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a lot of entrepreneurial drive, and there's a lot of things I'm interested in, but there are certain things that need to be met. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not 22 anymore, so. The, you can, I, I think for us, at least we can do that there easier. You know, we can have different side projects. We're not spending an hour and a half or two hours in the car, you know, commuting during the day. Like that's time I can actually spend on something else. And, um, being able to afford a house and with a backyard would be really nice for the dog. So yeah, 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 yeah. The, the burn rate to live in LA, it's. You know, it's just expensive. Yeah, especially when you're looking at that Time and from, money. A, from an entrepreneurial perspective where you're asking for money in order to be able to set this company up. And for us, you know, it's a SaaS company, so we're not making money right away, at least not enough to move SaaS to is so software, software as a service. Thank you. So yeah. it's um, it's even worse, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the hole gets way bigger. bigger. The hole gets way deeper. Um, they call it the Valley of Death, and you look at it, and you're like, you change where this model is, and you know, you change the expenses that we have, and it starts to look like it's a little bit easier to do. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I wonder if just in the in the evol- you know because cities are you know cities are so rich in what they you know they bring together human capital and thought. But yeah, you know, I grew up in a small town in East Texas, and yeah. and I just wonder you know they, because of broadband you know because you can work remotely. Like oh my gosh, you know, you know, and it's not just in America; it's around the world. You could just relocate to these no cost of living zones. Yeah. But as long as you've got broadband access, you know, you can still do a lot of cool stuff, and you're just not spending money on just basic sustenance. <laughs> you've got capital with which to operate. Yeah, you have to pay three thousand dollars a month in rent or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. So I just wonder if there's if there's something coming, you know, where you can have the high quality of life, the clean air, and the mountains, and yeah, no, that's that's us all the way. Yeah. But it's, I mean, you also see these ecosystems popping up in those places, you know, yeah. Austin and Boulder and, um, yeah, Portland. Boulder's, yeah, Boulder's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, there's a lot of other opportunities out there. And I think that we've, we've actually, we've gotten a chance to connect with a lot of that through the program, you know, mm-hmm. going to, going to Baylor and going to, um, to Oregon. We got to meet a lot of people, um, who are, working on businesses or our mentors or our local there or our angels there, mm-hmm. um, angel investors that is, um, in these different places. And we never would have had access to that before. So it's really a, it's been a, a great opportunity to expand the network even outside of, of UCLA. That's great. Well, we're kind of coming to the end here. So uh, some of my last questions, you know, um, you've already kind of done some shout outs to classmates or faculty. Anybody else, you know, might be listening who deserves a shout out getting you through this three year journey? <sighs> Gonzalo, he gets a big one. All for right. Helping us deal with uh, attorney stuff. You know, that's that's uh, Associate Dean Gonzalo Fracious. Oh, yeah. 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 We, Isadora, so trying to get Isadora's uh, stock purchase agreements because she's international and and how we kind of mm. had to work around that i mean i had no i didn't anticipate that at all and all of a sudden we're like wait you're not a u.s citizen and we're trying to issue stuff how do we do this wow so we just wow. showed up at gonzalo's office you need to help me with this because i have no idea what i'm doing and i don't want to get isadora <laughs> deported because we <laughs> made her you know because we gave her stock in the company um so yeah gonzalo you know i i have taken a lot of professor Shinerock's classes um, I actually TA'd for him, and that was a you know, just getting to, to to take the classes and then see it again from a from a TA perspective and just get to sit in on it again and kind of take it all in. That was great. Um, Professor Sussman's classes, take as many of those as you can. Um, yeah, I took Professor Cockrum's class too. And that was well, you really did all one. the big ones. Yeah, I tell you, I, I had all the hard ones, and then also the analytics classes. I took a lot of data analytics. Um, most of the professors that I had actually have left, um, but they're, you know, uh, Professor Rossi's class, mm-hmm. really, that's um, a regression. It's all in R. It's a, it's a statistical, it's a statistical package slash programming language, but you, if you know R a little bit, it's it's not too bad, but those courses were really good because we used a lot of that analytics as we were writing our, our business plan. So I learned to scrape Twitter for geolocated tweets with certain hashtags and I pulled that out and I put that into um, ArcGIS, which is a mapping program. And so I was able to map where people were who were talking about their dogs in Los Angeles at dog parks and in other places. So that's how we knew to go to those places. That is so cool. And things. That was, is so cool. People are tweeting about their pets. Yeah. You're scraping 
and finding out where where they are. Pet talk is being yeah. generated, and then you go there. Yeah. So instead of guessing, hey, maybe we should go to Silver Lake, you start looking at the data and think, well, maybe it's actually like West Hollywood we should be looking at. Yeah. Not Silver Lake. Um, so th- those classes were amazing. That was really, really. Uh, it was a great opportunity, and I had I had a pretty good statistical background. You don't need one. Um, there's some other classes. Professor Snyder's class was uh, more of an introductory class, where he teaches you tools for business strategy, so you can learn geographic information systems. You can learn regression, more advanced regression than you will get out of your basic statistics, and you learn the application of it. It's not really theory mm-hmm. at that point. And then yeah, Professor Rossi's class, and there's marketing analytics classes. Um, I can't remember the name of the class I took where we learned conjoint analysis, where you, you actually build surveys that are choice based. And then you do a lot of this kind of regression on the back end, but you can figure out, you can segment people by certain, by essentially by what they're willing to pay for things. Mm-hmm. So you can segment them. So then you can start to hone in on, okay, who's, of all these people, these two, three, five hundred people that we've surveyed, who's really resonating with this message? And one of the things that we learned from both testing things online, you know, putting out messages and ads and things like that on Facebook, and also doing this conjoint analysis was we initially thought that people for PetSnap who would be most responsive to it would be people like me, kind of male, female, probably half and half. But it's market segmentation using the tools of the age yeah, and, and we like were, finding people who, who really fit what you're trying to offer and they may not be who you thought they were going to we be. Were, we were totally wrong. We were completely yeah, wrong. It wasn't yeah. me that we needed to be targeting. It was my mom that we needed to be targeting. And we wow, learned yeah. that from all of this. But your mom's got disposable income. Your yeah. mom loves her pet. Her kids are out of the house. Cares I mean, about healthcare way more than I do. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you get older, you pay attention to these yeah. things. I never went to the doctor before I got married. Like. Why would I need to go there? Yeah, well, Nothing wrong. <laughs> ain't broke. Ain't yeah, no fix it. I don't need to fix anything. Like shots, whatever. I don't need that. But, yeah, yeah. But now I'm made to go do that stuff. <laughs> Married life, you will live longer. Yeah, I think men that's, that's, definitely live longer. Yeah, they, I, would, I probably would have burned out a while ago if <laughs> it wasn't for Kate. Uh, yeah, so yeah, shout out to your wife. So, I mean, how was it for her to kind of nurture you through or support you through i mean she'd done law school so she knew she she knew about it she knew knew how it was um and she is she looking forward to getting her husband back she is yeah yeah she was she's looking forward to that she's looking forward to moving back to colorado yeah yeah you know and we're gonna have a baby she's she's mostly looking forward to having the baby sure yeah two weeks away and she's she's ready to ready to have the baby so we're looking forward to that life's gonna change a whole lot the yeah. last couple of weeks of class are probably going to be pretty unproductive for me. <laughs> I'm trying to get stuff done right now. Yeah, it's like a triple case of senioritis, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I've, I've texted, I've emailed Professor Sussman. And it's a, yeah, I'm, I'm, if I have to run out of classroom, it's because my wife's in labor. So. <laughs> Please be forewarned. Just, yeah. I don't mean to be rude to the guest speaker or anything, but uh, I got to go. Yeah. So, yeah, trying to, trying to front load everything and then, and then you know, doing a lot of networking. A whole lot of networking to to find the next job, essentially, mm-hmm. back out there in Colorado, probably, or raise money here. It's kind of kind of split focus right now. Yeah. So, well, if you know, if you knew then what you know now, any any parting words of wisdom for people, you know, considering getting an MBA or first year summer before school starts, you know, just 
like, oh my God, I'm admitted. Now I got to do this thing. Anything, you know, <laughs> wisdom of the ages of the sages yeah. that you can pay for. Enjoy forward. your time before <laughs> you start. That's right. Yeah. Take a trip. Yeah. Go just spend time at the beach because you won't do that. <laughs> uh, hike in the mountains. Just enjoy it. Um, it's a great experience. It's, I mean, it's the reason we stayed. I mean, there's, you know, I don't particularly like Los Angeles. So I'm perfectly honest with that, but we Fair stayed fit. here because of the program. We stayed here mm. because of the people here, because of the exposure, because of the quality of the education here and because of all the opportunities. I mean, getting to, to take classes from you know, people who are really world-class in the field and, and staying here longer to try and deepen the relationships with the people that you, you know, yeah. came to school with rather than just kind of picking up and leaving. Um, other words of advice. No, I would say just, you know, challenge yourself when you're here, take hard classes. Yeah. You know, just don't, don't, don't do it just for a couple little letters, you know, figure out where your own weaknesses are. Yeah. You know, and it's in, in retrospect, you know, now what I knew then, you know, yeah. I was like, I don't want to mess up my GPA, but like, go, go take the dude that everybody talks about. Take yeah. Sussman, take Cockrum, take Shine Rock. Take the know. hard classes. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, that's the piece of advice. Nobody cares about your grades. Unless I guess you're an OCR and then they kind of care about your grades, but as long as you're not an OCR, nobody cares about your grades. Yeah. So don't worry about that stuff, you know, and, and get to know the professors, get to know them as people. Don't just mm. show up at class and then, you know, cause these people can really help you. Yeah. I mean, professor Shinerock put us in touch with our best advisor. And mm. I think if we actually are successful, a lot of that's going to be because professor Shinerock basically connect us with, with the, former head of mobile at PetSmart and he's kind of like, okay, here's what you need to build, you know? Yeah. Instead of us just kind of guessing, guessing around it. And, and there are a lot of them are really willing to help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they teach graduate school. They don't teach a thousand undergrads. Yeah. You know, they've got bandwidth. Yeah. And these men and women, they know everybody. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, like they really know the people that are, you're reading about on this, that, and the other. And you know, yeah. And, and the other people around like use the price center, get to know the people over there. Um, because the network is the most valuable part of it. You know, that's, that's, I think what, what I learned probably second to third year was to really get to know everybody I could and to get to know them as people, not just like go and ask a question as a student. Um, because after I graduate, that's what I'm going to come back to say, Oh, you know, my email professor assessment about something or professor shine rock about something. Um, and they're, you know, you want them to remember who you are. Yeah. You know, and, and they're certainly willing to help you moving forward. So, um, if people want to find you or follow you, where do they go? Uh, probably LinkedIn is probably the easiest place to find me for questions. I mean, you can download the app. You should do that. That's not bad. You can go to PetSnapApp.com and get it there. But uh, if you're a dog owner, we have a new UI coming in the next three weeks or so. Nice. So big upgrades. Uh, very excited for that to be coming out. And, uh, yeah, just Facebook or LinkedIn is probably the easiest. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, we're going to follow the story because you brought That's a right, bunch yeah. of your classmates along with you. And oh, it's it's exciting. I forgot to send you this. So we got written up. I wrote a blog post for Roughware, which is like the Patagonia for dog nice. stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we got we got something like a we got over 100 users out of that. Wow. Yeah, it really resonated. It got a lot of people pretty excited. So that was another thing. So I was talking about like how how 
you know, you want someone to help you, how, what is it that they need? Yeah. You know, there's all these blogs out there where people want content. So I started, you know, mm -hmm. just, well, let me distill the story into something that people would want to read about and then give it to these people who are looking for content. And then that's got me back what I wanted, which was yep. exposure. So I loved how you said, you know, entrepreneurship is, it's a, it is a lifestyle. It's yeah. a, it's a way to approach the challenge and the opportunity of life, right? Yeah. I don't own the resources I need to be successful, but I know the resources exist. Yeah. And who do I ask and how do I ask and how do I ask directly? Yeah. And yeah. You learn to hustle. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it comes down to hustle essentially. So that's also something they're not going to teach you in school. You just have to go out there and do it. But at least for the entrepreneurship classes, they put you in a position where you have to go and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, you're going to have a baby in two and a half weeks. I got to go pick up my son in 15 minutes from daycare. <laughs> Matt Rose, thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for playing the game here. And um, thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you learned something.